Good morning, everybody. Today's service, as you can tell, is a little bit different. Once or twice a year, we do an intergenerational service of church as a whole family, and they are among our most fun. Since our kids are joining us this morning, we're going to make our service a little bit more accessible, a little bit more kid-friendly, and we have invited some of our children to help in the leadership of the service this morning. And so we're going to begin this morning with a scripture reading that will be given by Cade and Mia Sherman. Psalm chapter 139, verse 7 through 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness as light to you. Thank you, guys. Well, this will probably be the shortest sermon you've ever heard. Some of you are happy right now. (laughs) Others, I'm hoping, are disappointed. Um, So I'm thinking of this a little bit as a short meditation that goes along with this morning's theme of gratitude and thanksgiving. The Apostle Paul sent a letter to a church in a place called Thessalonica, and he planted that church in his first missionary or church planting journey, so it would be as if Tom and I had planted this church. That's not as if, because we did plant this church. But we planted it, we were here for a certain number of years, and then we moved on and planted a church somewhere else, and from wherever that other place is, Uh, We got some news of what was going on here, or God put something on our heart that we wanted to communicate to our beloved church that we planted. So that's what's happening, and it seems like Paul's main goal is just to encourage people in their faith in things, particular ways that he thinks would be helpful. And it's as if he's saying, I want you to thrive as individuals whose lives are centered around Jesus, and I want you to thrive as a faith community that's centered around Jesus. And he gets to the end, and it's as if he needs some way to sum up all that he said and all that's in his heart, and he says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. I have all kinds of thoughts about this because none of these three things that he says is that straightforward. Be joyful is lovely, 
but for most of us, being joyful all the time is aspirational. I like the idea of being joyful all the time. If there was a button I could push to be joyful all the time, I would. And I do things and choose rhythms and practices all the time that open me up for joy. I try to say no to things that are harmful or will bring me down. And when I'm stuck, I try to get help as quickly as I can. That said, I can't ultimately control my joy level. And what does it mean to pray always? Because that seems like a lot of prayer. Always is always. And it's what we would be doing all day long. My grandfather was an Orthodox Jewish man, and he was lovely. When he'd be at our house for the day, we could see him. In Hebrew, we would say davening, praying. Three times a day, he would go off to his special place in the living room. He had prayers that he had memorized in Hebrew for prescribed Jewish liturgy. And he would do that three times during the day. One of my kids uses a rosary to pray regularly throughout the day. Brother Lawrence, who's a monk in the 15th century, understood praying always this command from Paul as a state of being mindful of God always. So there are ways of incorporating regular mindful prayer into our lives. I have my coffee right there. But the third one is the one that I've wrestled with the most over the years. There are a lot of circumstances, thank you. There's a lot of circumstances in life that I'm not particularly grateful for. There are certain laws, laws that have been passed in our state recently that I'm for sure not grateful for. Difficult diagnoses I'm not grateful for, natural disasters I'm not grateful for. I used to try to be thankful in all things, tying it to an Old Testament or a Hebrew Bible text that says God uses everything for good. In other words, I could be thankful in suffering because God uses it for good. I might have a bad diagnosis, but God will use it to build my character and make me more compassionate. Or I might struggle with world hunger, but then I might say it forces me to pray and keeps me on my knees. There was always something good that would come from it. The truth is, I don't work that hard anymore. I'm mostly somewhere between grumpy and profoundly sad when it comes to suffering. But what I've come to believe is that I can be thankful and suffering at the same time. It's not an either or. I'm not thankful for hard things. I'm not thankful for suffering. But I am thankful for a loving God in the midst of hard things. I'm thankful for the resources that I've been given and afforded during those hard times. I'm thankful for family, for friends, for a faith community who are my stability during those hard times. I'm thankful for Jesus who looks me in the eyes and says, my name is Emmanuel, God with you, always with you. I want to say that this morning I am especially thankful because this week we had our entire family here in Iowa City together, and I have with me much of my family, 
including my California beloved second son, Joshua, who just saying his name still makes me cry, and his <laughs> wife, Christina, and their little baby, my grandbaby, Evie, and we've all been together for a week, and my heart is overflowing. So before we go on, everybody um, and parents, you can help your kids if they need help. Everybody's invited to just take one quick moment and tell God one thing that you're thankful for or grateful for. Now we're going to have Madeline Wasink, my granddaughter, come and recite a prayer. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the birds and the animals and the flowers and the trees, the lakes and the streams and the sun that rises and sets over them each day. Thank you for creating everything we see. Thank you for the life we live. Thank you for making each person different. Thank you for Jesus for giving us the way into love. That was pretty spectacular. <laughs> I'm not even biased. All right, we're going to do something now. So we're going to break into small groups. You're going to see some questions projected. If you are a family or a group of friends, you're welcome to form a group. If you notice someone by you who's maybe not with anybody, can you grab them? Or if you are alone, can you uh, invite yourself or insert yourself into a group? You can turn around, you can do whatever you need to do with the chairs, but we're gonna take about 10 minutes, and you don't have to go through them in order, or you can, or you can stick with one question, but as little small groups, we're gonna we're going to answer those questions. So go ahead and get into groupings. And at this time, how'd everybody do? Okay. All right. At this time, we're going to invite all our children to come forward. And Tom is going to read to them a book. And so the way we're going to do that is invite kids to come into this section right here. Tom's gonna sit on the stage. So all kids, go ahead. Hello. Yeah, so any kids who would like to come forward to be part of a book reading, I especially need kids, if you've ever received a gift or a present that you liked, that would be helpful if you came forward. I also need kids who know how to buzz like a bee. So if you know how to buzz like a bee, uh, I could use your help this morning. If you know what a skunk smells like, that's something too that would be pretty helpful. All right, anybody who self-identifies as a kid, <laughs> you're welcome to join. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> All right, so who's ever received a present or a gift that you really like? What was your favorite present or gift? Somebody name some. Um, the, um, Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch, cool. Other gifts that you really liked? Um, I liked um, 
a little like doggy pillow I can make with my mom. A doggy pillow you can make with your mom. That is a lovely gift. Oh, yes. What about you? PlayStation 5. <laughs> what did you my, my little sister. Your little sister. Very nice. And Madeline? Rosie. Rosie. All right. Lovely gifts. I got a gift, too, that I really like. Amongst many, I have this ring on my finger. This was a gift given to me by my wife when we got married. And I like it, I think, for the same reason that you like some of the gifts you describe. I like what it looks like. It's kind of cool. It has a nice color. It has pretty stones in it. But it's also a gift that, even when I'm not with my wife, makes me think of her. It reminds me that she loves me, that I can think good thoughts about her and bring her close to me. And so we're going to read a story this morning where the person think, seems to think that nature is God's gift to us in the same way. That it's something that's pretty cool in and of itself, but it also, if we think about it, can remind us that God is close by, that God loves us, that God gives us good gifts, right? So we're going to read the story and see what we think. The story is called God is Here, it's projected up there, I have the book here too, all right? So we'll go through and we'll see if we think we can detect God in the way the writer seems to think we might be able to. So it starts out, I sense God in the world all around, for when I am still, which might happen every once in a while... God can be found. So now we're going to go through our senses, what we see, hear, taste, smell, see. I hear God in the babbling brook that bubbles along. So what does a babbling brook sound like? Who can do babbling brook? Some people seem to think that they can hear God's voice in the sound of rushing waters. I like water and waves, maybe. I hear God in the small speckled sparrow sharing a song. What does a bird sound like? Tweet, tweet, tweet. Do you think you can hear God when the bird is twittering like that? Yeah, what might God be saying? Hello. How are you? So, God is interested, right? I hear God in the busy bees as they buzz beside me. Okay, do bees. Let's do bees. I hear God in the scurrying of squirrels up the tall trees. I smell God. Okay, get your nose ready. Okay, so breathe in. Now you're going to have to imagine these smells and then see if you think God would be in them or God might have made them or God might be telling you something through the smells. I smell God in the, flowering, in the flowing flowers found on a vine. Who likes flower smells? Any favorite flower smells? 
What does it make you feel like when you smell a flower? Lavender, good smell. Does it make you feel happy, sad, angry, nice? Peaceful. All right, good flower effect. <clears throat> what? Flesh? Fresh. Yes, fresh. I smell God in the festive fragrance of freshly cut pine. All right, we got a couple more. I smell God in the stench of smoke that swirls in the air. I smell God in the stink of a skunk. As it says, beware. What? Oh, what do you think about that? Who's ever smelled a skunk? Is it a nice smell? You've seen one but haven't smelled one. Well, you're missing out, let me tell you. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think God made the skunk smell? I don't know. If he made the skunk, right, if God made the skunk. But would God be going, ew, along with you? Or would God be going, that's lovely? <laughs> I, what do you think? Uh, okay, trouble might be coming. <clears throat> Here's feeling. I feel God in the blustery breeze that blows briskly by. Do you like the feel of the wind when it comes? Sometimes, sometimes it's nice, right? I like the breeze in my backyard. Oh, <laughs> right. Sometimes it's derecho. In winter, the breeze makes you feel cold. Yeah. I feel God in the sharp, spiny seed pod that fell from the sky. I feel God in the wriggly worm on my hand while it, le while it weaves. Who likes worms? So some like worms. Do some find, think worms are ooky? Like... What do you think God is thinking when God sees you holding a worm in your hand? That's nice. Oh, you're holding a worm. Oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> no, I think it's interesting. When I make good food, and we'll read about good food in a minute. When I make good food and I give it to my children and to my grandchildren and they like it, that makes me happy. And I sometimes wonder if that's how God feels when God sees us having fun in nature. I feel God in the warmth of the sun as it shines through the leaves. Ooh, and here are tastes. I taste God in the salt from a pretzel left on my lip. Mmm, that's pretty good, right? I taste God in the tart, tangy lemonade I try not to drip. What's your favorite taste in sanctuary on a Sunday morning? Bagels, yes. Apple juice, orange juice, oh man. Coffee. <laughs> I taste God in the first buttery bite of freshly baked bread. I taste God in the sticky sweet strawberry, radiantly red. Mmm. 
Fresh strawberries, right? I see God in the small seed of the apple waiting within, in the lines on a leaf like tiny threads so thin. Ooh, here are some in the dark. I see God in the wondrous web the spider has spun. <laughs> I see God in the magnificent moon that mirrors the sun. Who stayed up late enough to see the moon at night? When it's bright, really bright. Do you think there's magic in moonlight? Who thinks there's magic in moonlight? I do. In creation, God's loving care is clear. And I know in my heart that God is here. And that's the end of the story. Thank you.